The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. For the last 20, 25 years, I reckon, at this stage, we've been hearing so many stories of what went on in our schools in Ireland in the past, particularly in the 1960s, 70s and 80s. Abuse, abuse of a physical kind, abuse of a sexual kind. And it's been depressing at times hearing of the stories of what people have endured and of the convictions that have occasionally taken place of those who were guilty and responsible. Too often we've heard of priests and brothers and others who have been able to get away with effectively with what they've done because no prosecutions were ever brought against them or when there were efforts made to actually inform the authorities about what had happened, these things were simply ignored. In the last couple of weeks, there has been another school which has come to the forefront, very well-known school in Dublin, Blackrock College. And we're joined now by two past pupils of Blackrock College who have had their own experiences at the school and who are now looking for... well. I want to find out what it is that they are actually looking for to try and make up for what they went through. We're joined by Corrie McMahon and John Coulter. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us on the programme. Thank Corrie, you, Thanks, Corrie, what is it actually, do you think, that you do want? What are you looking for at present? Um, we're kind of at it now quite a while um, and it has evolved over the period of time. But we would have started off with the idea of giving the victims a voice. Um, John? What do you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, we... Um, Louis Hoffman, who was part of this, this our, 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 our four-man group, really set up a, um, a Facebook page, um, which um, was really to, to, to take in some stories that had started coming out, primarily... Um, and the, 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 the people who were in the Facebook page were primarily from our class here, because that's where we had that database. Um, and what began as a trickle of stories suddenly became quite a number of stories to the extent that after about eight weeks, there was 20, 25 stories um, of abuse from a class size of 120, um, i.e. our class year um, at Blackrock, Willow Park, Stoke Blackrock College. And so we realised... So that, what age is this when you say that year? Is this when you were leaving? So it's 1979 leaving year, but, but, but the stories were from Willow Park, which would have been, pre, pre, which, which would have been uh, 19... Early 1970s. Early 70s. 72, yeah, okay. 73, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. So your leaving search year was 1979. 79, yeah, okay. I was a year, yeah. I'm a year older than them. Okay. Yeah. Right, so I was the previous year. Okay. Um, and, and we realised there's a, we realised this is, this is extraordinary. And um, so we went to see the school first um, and we asked to, for, for them to arrange a meeting with the Spiritans. And we said to the Spiritans that there's a way bigger issue here than, than, um, anybody has thought um, or that we have known um, and we think that the, the, the current mechanisms for people to come forward don't work so um, uh, or don't work as well as they should. So um, one mechanism is to go to the Spirit and Safeguarding Office. Liam Lally who runs that, very, very capable guy, very good professional and does a really good job. But just for somebody who's been traumatised and sexually abused in the school, the thought of contacting the Spiritans is is re-traumatizing. So we want. We said we needed to set up a um, uh, an independently run 
process yeah. and that it should be victim-led. And that, that was really the kernel of the idea we had, mm. wasn't it, Corrie? Um, yeah. uh, it needs to be victim-led and things went from there. What do you mean by victim-led, Corrie? Well, that we have a voice. You know, like for so long, we hadn't a voice. I mean, for me, um, who experienced the abuse in Willow Park, my option was to phone uh, Kimmage Manor to meet Liam Lally. And I just wasn't doing that. I just said, absolutely not happening. So we we were in, in the school and we kind of asked, could we get um, kind of them out of Kimmage and to come down to kind of an independent place? So in my, in, at that time, it was into Black Rock. So we kind of just, we've been crafting a, a model. Yeah, because it sounds to me from that is that there was an acknowledgement or an understanding by the religious order, like all the other religious orders, that, yeah, they were responsible for a lot of terrible things, but that they were almost trying to control how the victims were able to come forward and try and get some sort of satisfaction, as in an apology or what else. Yeah. The control still remained with the spirit. With, with the spirit. And so what we kind of, we investigated various options, and one of the options was um, a collaborative, or no, uh, what is it? A restorative program, and we did that with the help of a woman up in UCD, Marie uh, Keenan, and she's an expert in the field of sexual abuse. And you know, there's been a bit of media stuff that's the wrong model, and you shouldn't do it because the priests are dead, and you need the the perpetrators to be alive. But like the fellas up in um, Kimmage at the moment, they're the fellas holding the flag. So they came down and they met us, and we are kind of that's how we've kind of got to where we are now. Didn't expect Wednesday to work out the way it worked, but just tell us about you. I mean, you you did a press conference on Wednesday, mm. and I know it was a very busy day for you, and you must have had loads of people in contact with you since. Mm. What has going public been able to give you? The voice, the voice. I mean, that that image of me with crying on the newspapers. I never expected that. I never wanted it. But it has apparently woken up an awful lot of people have come forward. See, this is what Anthony struck me as well. Because as I said in introducing this piece, you know, we've known 20, 25 years about things that have gone on in certain schools. And I know I've had discussions with people that I went to school with because, as it happens, one of our teachers was imprisoned four years ago. He was imprisoned 30 years after he had engaged in the booth at a school that he had been moved to after he had been teaching us. Although there have now been complaints made, I believe, under guard investigation in relation to what happened at our school. But the point is, is that I'm surprised it took so long for people in BlackRock to start having this discussion, particularly given that, as you said, there were so many in your year alone. And presumably there must be loads more in other years. But Matt, remember... When when this happened to to us yeah. and to to the victims, we were children. Yes. And when something when something you don't understand, when something you you that you kind of know is wrong, but you you're you're not sure how to handle it, mm. you you certainly in those days, you, very very few people t- would tell their parents, and certainly wouldn't report but it to. Look, if your parents even went to the school with you, you probably they wouldn't have been believed, and, and that parents happened. would probably would be in a situation of saying, "I know, don't be making up stories about the good priests like that." And that and that happened, and and there are a number of guys who've 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 contributed their reports of re- abuse in, and, and 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 they've finished by saying that the non-believing of by the parents and the priests was more traumatizing. Than so I, I think maybe misunderstand what I said. It's not. 
from back then because I can understand exactly why it is that children found it so difficult. I'm just sort of surprised that in adulthood, it's almost happened with a group of men in their late 50s and 60s, that this might have happened a decade ago, two decades ago. And I'm just wondering, is there sort of some sort of hold or fear that you might have had well, of the school and its power that sort of prevented people from talking? So, so I, I, I'm not sure there was a, there was a hold, but, but when, when that's happened to you as a, as a kid, you bury it, you bury it, yeah. you hide it, you don't. And then that, that, you take that in, with you into adulthood, you get busy, you, you've got, you work, your families, uh, etc. Um, for me... And the other thing that what what we find consistently with people is is they they say yeah yeah I I, mean, I think I was abused or maybe I was abused or I was abused but it wasn't that bad because that's how you've coped with it yeah. you minimise it. Um, uh, I never talked about abuse, um, but when I saw twenty of my my classmates putting stories in, suddenly there was a, I had identified with things I resonated, and then I suddenly realised that actually it didn't matter whether I felt it was bad or not. The, the fact is, is that it should be on record that it happened, right? That's, that's you know. Yeah, but how useful is it actually then to find that there are others that you can talk to about this, that you weren't on your own, that you didn't, you know, you might have been thinking this is something that only happened well, to small I, I went through the, the restorative process and I can only tell you that when I had finished speaking to the school and the priests, uh, Martin Kelly and Liam, that I felt considerably lighter and one of the things we were looking for was the apology. Like, if you read that apology, anybody that went through the process is actually mentioned, not by name, but by what happened to them or the, the experience that they had. And again, like, I got off the dart at home one day and I walked down home and I actually felt lighter. I can't tell you what that's about. I just felt I had a monkey off my back in some way. You know, it happened, but... Yeah. Had you been thinking about it a lot in your I was at a party 20 years ago and we were talking about this across the table and there was a fellow on my right-hand side who said to me, what have you done about it, right? And it sat on my shoulder for 15, whatever length of time, I don't, can't remember exactly, 15 or 20 years. But there was no room, there was no space. We were busy raising children and all that, but it was always there. And I think when the... Um, the Belvedere thing came out and the George Gibney podcast came out, it, you kind of had a sense that maybe it was time to take it on again. And when we took it on, like we were met with a bit of push, but they began to open the doors and speak to us again. And they're talking to us now. And I think you just can't close that door. You've got to keep it open and keep... Like we will find our own model in time, I hope, fingers crossed, you know. Um, and hopefully the people that... No, we know the people that have gone in and spoken, that they have felt better afterwards. There was a bit of pushback at one stage against you, was there? It's always been pushback. Sure, it's just... You know, that's... The, there was... The, I actually think that that once we once we we spoke to the spirits about it, they came along with us. So we introduced the the concept of of trying to put something that's independent and victim led in front of the spirits. They came with us on that journey. We sourced Tim Chapman. Yes, they are paying for. So who is Tim? Chapman? Tim Chapman is the independent um, restorative justice practitioner who's an expert in the field, but. Um, and then we 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 agreed that we would use the 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 relatively small group, twenty five or so of 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 people from around our year group, as a pilot program, in order to um, see whether there was benefit in this and whether it worked. And and so um, um, and that's what we that's what we started, and that kind of concluded in about June, and then from June till now we were 
we were trying to get ready to actually launch a, 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 a spirit and school-wide process. Um, you're getting places, John, and you're, you're actually getting a response. But it has been alleged this week as well that there have been, in previous occasions, people who have gone to the Spiritans and some of them settlements were made financially. And in other cases, there was strong pushback that it would appear that it's belatedly now that the Spiritans may be actually addressing their responsibilities in this regard that previously it has been hidden or has been pushed back against the victims? Previously, and, and I'm going to talk pre-2012, because yeah. it, at least in 2012 they put the safeguarding office in place, which was, a, which was a, a positive step in the right direction. But prior to that, yes, it was, it was very adversarial. You know, you, you, if, you, if you wanted to um, uh, alleged abuse. You needed to. It was all about lawyers. It was all about um, the and the institution felt it was their right or obligation to defend themselves and their um, and their people. And and you know, there's nothing healing about that. Um, uh, you know, you may win a, a court case, but I, I don't know how, to what extent it's going to have helped you. Um, deal with the with the abuse and and not actually just in fact also re-traumatize you now so so what we what we're what what we've sort of said to the spirit is you've got to put this on its head because all those other mechanisms put the institutions first the legal the legal the legal system the 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 church the state um all of that is is controls right whereas what we're looking for is something where somebody can set up a call with tim tell their story be heard be heard, be believed, be acknowledged. Maybe, uh, maybe be heard, believed, acknowledged in front of the of the spiritans because and and the spiritans say yes, we believe you, and maybe get an apology. And that would be ground zero in terms of of what people would do. And a lot of people have, or a number of people in the pilot program have done that, and they have found, as Corey said, it, they, they were lighter after it. Um, the other thing that has been really helpful has been that Tim has organized for the number of the of the people who've gone through the, the pilot process to talk and um, to, with each other and and that's been really helpful because somebody suddenly hears what one of his classmates says and he says oh my god I, I'm not alone it wasn't me um, uh, this was you know th- this was happening all over the place um, and it changes that that sense that um, that they were at fault um, uh, which obviously they weren't um, so Corey, you mentioned earlier that you were in tears at the press conference and you've mm. seen the photographs of yourself now. I suspect, though, that you've probably had loads of people in touch with you since who have been not just supportive, but you realise how many people actually love you as a result of knowing now what you've been through. <laughs> you start me off again. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid yesterday to go up the town to buy a bottle of milk in case somebody come over and say to me, are you all right? But you are all right, aren't you? Yeah, great. I've known you nearly 30 years, Mm. and I never knew any of this, but you've always been one of the most outgoing, engaging Mm. personalities Mm. that I've known. So I'm I'm really sorry to have heard that you've gone through this and that you've lived with this, but I've no doubt that you will use this whole process to come out the other side very, very soon. And that's really what we're... The four of us, and there's another guy called Philip Fadis who lives out in San Paolo. And you know, Grojin, she's been the mammy in the group, was at all our meetings. Sorry, just to explain this is your wife, yeah, my wife, yeah, yes. yeah. But to keep our feet on the ground and not go off talking about rugby, I mean, it's very serious. <laughs> and all we want to do is kind of get an open door and keep it open, not to close it, really, not to close it. 
and we would encourage we would encourage what people to really keep coming back to what is it the victims want you know there's all mm. these clamorings now for an investigation they probably absolutely should be but the victims want to know what happened was there a cover up why why was this not known and as long as you keep as long as you keep coming back to saying to the victims what is it that you guys want then I think you'll 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 reach more people, and more people will come forward and um, and and start the process of dealing with their trauma. John Coulter, Corey McMahon. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from four thirty.